You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Nicole Ackman's interview with the Academy Award-nominated costume designer for Jojo Rabbit, Myas Rubio. Are you ready for the best weekend ever? Yes, I am! Jojo, my old friend. Hi, Adolf. What's wrong, little man? They call me a scared rabbit. Jojo Rabbit! Let them say whatever they want. People used to say a lot of nasty things about me. Oh, this guy's a lunatic. Oh, look at that psycho. He's gonna get us all killed. Welcome to the Next Best Picture podcast. I'm Nicole Ackman, and I'm here with Mayas Rubio, the costume designer for Jojo Rabbit, who recently received an Oscar nomination for her work. She's also worked on films including Avatar and Thor Ragnarok. So thank you so much for talking to me today. How are you doing? Um, I'm very happy to be here with you, Nicole. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. And just to jump right into things, a lot of your career has been spent working on, you know, these big sci-fi and fantasy costume designs with things like Thor Ragnarok and World War Z. What was it like to design for a period piece with Jojo Rabbit? Um, it was a dream. It was really a dream because um, uh, you might think that this might be a little vacation from the big, big uh, uh, production budget movies. I think probably it's more difficult to make smaller movies to look good than, uh, you know, big movies to look bad. It's, uh, it's really, it's, you know, for me, it, it's, you have less characters, you have less money, you have less time, you have great talent that you have to find, uh, you know, that you have to uh, help find uh the real, you know, conductive uh, materials to get into their character. That's what we do as costume designers. We are this conductive material. We provide things to help you, to help actors find their character. And uh, it's really, it's really transforming for them as well as for us costume designers when we see that. You can see it in their eyes, in their body language, language when they are uh, really transforming and finding the character. Or not, you know, it could be. It could be that you don't find it. But it's, um, it's also very rewarding because you get to time travel, right? With every, every, uh, every movie you do. But as uh, yeah, doing the doing the small budget movies is not is not uh, it's not that uh, easy. The channel, yeah, let's say it's it's more um, yeah, it's challenging. But it, but in our case, it was wonderful because I got a lot of support from production and 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 Taika and conversations. Thing, I mean, endless conversations of of you know how to go about and how. You know, styles and and uh, colors and uh, textures. It was um, it was really wonderful. Yeah. 
You know, you talked about how costumes kind of help the actors get into character. And I think this is a really interesting movie because you have a lot of people in different circumstances. So did you do a lot of research about the clothing of the period, especially, you know, all the Nazi uniforms that we see? Yes, yes. That is, uh, you know, over. unfortunately, that's such a recent history. It's not difficult to get. Um, the, um, the, you know, the clothes... Uh, for the more for the non-military people, was also a lot of fun to to design and to make, and also to find pieces. Which, uh, I went to to places like uh, Berlin, like Babelsberg, to this place, uh, the costume department of Babelsberg is called Fundus, and uh, we find some uh, German flavors for the costume. Then uh, for the more chic and more uh, eclectic feeling of Rosie Belzer, I went to Tirelli Costumi, which is like a very prestigious, the most prestigious costume house in Europe. Uh, this is the place where all the costumes from masters of, of the costuming live going from Piero Tosi to Maurizio Milenotti, Danilo Donati. We have uh, Gabriela Pescucci costumes there. And they also have an archive, a wonderful archive full of treasures of many, you know, many uh, pieces of wardrobe from other eras, including uh, the neorealism. And uh, you can you can find uh, uh, you know from all eras, but I was able to find uh, incredible accessories and uh, and costumes uh, from from these wonderful people. I mean, uh, for for uh, for our characters and also for our extras, for our supportive artists. Talking about accessories, obviously clothes play a big role in Jojo Rabbit, but shoes also play a really big role in the movie. And I was curious, how did you go about picking a pair of shoes for Scarlett Johansson to wear? Because, you know, they, they need to be very recognizable for that really impactful scene where you see them, but also feel appropriate to the time period and not out of place. Well, um, the shoes I designed it. Uh, I wasn't... Um you know, the shoes that I really wanted, I wasn't going to find them online or any in any place. Uh, we haven't had much time. I designed these shoes, and I had it made with this wonderful shoemaker. His name is uh, Jeff Churchill in Canada. And he came through. He was great help and came through with uh, with his shoes. Uh, they were made to order, and, and uh, they are fantastic. Yeah. I was also curious, you know, with a movie like this set during wartime, how did you kind of take into effect the idea of, you know, the kind of doing without new things and rationing and all of that that the people in Germany were dealing with at that time? We took exactly the same, um, the same, the same approach. I mean, uh, the all the items of clothing that you see in my movie, if I, if I didn't make him, I. Uh, I make sure they had something in it. They had some personality in it. And I have to find that kind of chemistry uh, balance between the costumes and the character 
and what the actor feels. So everything that that you see has a like wonderful aging, wonderful, wonderful aging on them. And they, uh, I wanted to make sure all the all the costumes had a feeling that they were items that they were loved by uh, every character, something very cherished. And um, so all the all the costumes you see in the movie didn't feel brand new. I hope they feel like they belong to them and they were mended. They were repair and mended. This was a very important uh, philosophy of war times that uh, you should repair and mend. It, it was uh, it was like a slogan for people during war time, is uh, because all the all the movies were. Um, I mean, all the all the monies were going to to the troops. Everything that they had, they were supportive of each other. They they were going to the troops, right? So that is uh, that is uh, you know we had a lot of. I mean, everything you see, every single like mending of everything is been meant to happen. It's been meant to to happen to uh, you know for for every costume. That's that's when you'd realize we are making a character with the costumes. We are helping the actor find that character uh, through the costumes. And uh, it's a little bit of psychoanalysis. It's a little bit of chemistry. It's a little bit of lots of talking. And it was um, it was really, really, you know, it's, it's like making magic potions it was it was i had that kind of feeling i was i was making chemistry with costumes and that's how it felt to me yeah that's great i mean they they all look great uh on screen and really contribute to the characters and i was just wondering how did the film being you know from the perspective of a child kind of influence your design lots the color and the brightness come from the eyes of jojo Jojo is telling this story. Jojo is is really, you know, do you remember when you were little, uh, do you remember the colors more muted or more vibrant? Of course you remember more vibrant. Vibrant. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the kind of, uh, of uh, when you close your eyes and you think of your mother's uh, patriarch, it was pink. What pink was it? It wasn't like a muted pink. It was more like a vibrant pink because you had a feeling for this person. You have love for this person. And that's how you remember things with like, like, uh, Taika will call it wartime on spring, you know? And, uh, it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's always, it's always when the uh, wartime it gets represented, it's always like winter. It really, really, you know, uh, drabby. We don't want any drabby until a certain point, because if you break down a Jojo's costume, it starts to be a very militant Jugendbold kid. He becomes later the policeman of his own house. Did you notice that also inside his house, he doesn't remove the, the, the uniform 
at some point, even at the evenings, like, oh, this kid, this kid wearing his uniform at home. Well, this, he felt that responsibility. But then things shift drastically after Rosie's Belcher's, uh, when she dies, she, you know, he just, he just changes everything. He just changes everything. He changes his mind. It opens his heart. Um, it really softens his ideas in a way to be a more like a child rather than a little, you know, little kid wanted to be a Hitler follower. And um, all that had to be portrayed through costume. We really, you know, I really wanted to do that to to really help the audience and the and the actors to find that metamorphosis. I also I have to ask about those really flamboyant kind of jazzed up Nazi uniforms that Sam Rockwell and Alfie Allen wear towards the yeah. end of the movie. What was the inspiration for those? The inspiration was um, I'm going to start with um with Alfie's uh, costume um if you if you think of uh you know you ever saw those uh Jewish stars made by the Nazis that is made like from yellow cloth and they put it on the shoulder of the side of the arm to identify who was mm-hmm. Jewish or not the same thing happens to to identify and alienate uh, homosexuals, they had a pink triangle instead of a, you know, a Jewish star. Uh, Jewish, the Jewish yellow cloth star was related more to the uh, uh, David star for, uh, for, mm. for uh, you know, Jewish people. But the triangle represented, it was uh, an indicative, uh, it was like a, a way to identify homosexuals in Auschwitz and during the war, you know, they just like, it was like this scarlet letter of uh, of uh, homosexual. So we made a cape for Alfie Allen uh, to full, I mean, it was a green cape with like many, many, many pieces of pink triangles. And it was like, he's coming mm-hmm. out, you know, in the in the battle when everybody comes to invade uh, Germany. And he, they come and fight, right, uh, in their costume. Uh, Sam Rockwell's uh, costume is, is it was just the creative uh, license of the of the character within the movie within the script that he wanted to do a better job than we never said in the script of uh, the creators of of the of the Nazi uniforms right that is you know it's a given if it was uh, Hugo Boss was the designer of all these uh, uniforms. Uh, it's nothing. It's like a. It's like a box properly. I'm not inventing this, so I'm gonna say it freely. <laughs> um, but uh, by the way, beautiful uniforms. Um, if you go past the horrific situation, uh, the horrific uh, history they created, and look at the uniforms, it's like good fabric, good colors, whatever you know. It's a. But 
he wanted to, he was also uh, uh, an homosexual, uh, Captain uh, Kinsildorf. So he was very flamboyant. I would dread fringes him like a plume, like the like the carabinieri from Italy. They have that kind of beautiful plume in their uh, in the uh, um, two corner uh, hats. Uh, so that was the idea to make him like that, and also with the help of Sam, that he really wanted to be like Bill Murray. He was making an homage to Bill uh, Murray to his character, I guess, because he said, just think of me as Bill Murray. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> and it was so much fun. Oh, that's I awesome. adore those guys. I adore those guys. Amazing. Oh, that's great. And I have to say, congratulations on your Oscar nomination. So how does it feel? Thank you so much. It feels very strange because I've never been nominated for an Academy Award. It is so humbling and so incredibly uh, meaningful for me um, in in these times, uh, especially uh, when we're all in this industry, we're fighting for uh, equity. And... um, you know, I, I come from Mexico, um, 100% Mexican, I'm Mexican, and this is a big deal for us Mexican ladies, you know, to have to have a, a contender uh, being Mexican and a female Mexican, and I'm very, very humbled to live through this time, and I feel, I feel very, very fortunate, very fortunate. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the best is going to win, and it might not be me. Who cares? I am, you know, I am happy where I got so far. I'm living a day at a time. If it comes, I'm going to treasure it and uh, and be very grateful. But if, if I don't, I'm very grateful equally. That's so great. Well, that is just about all we have time for today. But thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And congratulations on your really beautiful designs for Jojo Rabbit and your super well-deserved Oscar nomination. Oh, thank you so much, Anne. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Nicole Ackman's interview with the costume designer for Jojo Rabbit, Maius Rubio, nominated for an Academy Award for Best Costume Design. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.